0: Coming up on Money Beat, Apple now has a market capitalization of $800 billion. What does that mean? What's behind that? What is going on in the tech sector? That's what we're going to talk about next. This is Money Beat from The Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Steven Grosser. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Money Beat, Apple Inc., a little company, perhaps you've heard of a little company. Hey, maybe you own some shares of Apple. I don't know. Maybe you probably own an Apple product. Uh, you may or may not have seen this week that Apple's market capitalization topped eight hundred billion dollars. Stephen Grosser, did you know? Did you notice that this week? I definitely noticed
1: about it. You saw that? Well, we like two weeks ago we wrote a story about because what was interesting actually with Apple was. Despite its stock hitting record after record after record the last two months, its market cap had not. Mm-hmm. So we were paying attention to when it was going to cross uh, roughly around 775 And it got close to it last week. And then on Friday, it finally, uh, last Friday, it finally um, set a new record right. uh, for and, market and- cap. So we are – I was very well aware that it was nearing 800.
0: Yes. And and what we want to discuss today is, is what that means, what's going on in the tech sector in general. And to help us do that, we've brought in two of our reporters here. Chris Dietrich, you all know him well, Money Beat reporter, is here in the studio. Hello. Chris, how are you? And from San Francisco, heard on the street columnist, Dan Gallagher. Dan, how are you?
2: Great. How are you guys?
0: We're, we're good, man. We're good.
1: One of the one of the things, getting back to the Apple market, up, that I found really sort of interesting, this sort of can... Start off, it's, I think it was roughly about a year ago, Google and Apple were sort of. Google almost passed Apple as the biggest company, or mm-hmm. did briefly pass Apple as the, big, the biggest company by market cap. Today, there's about $150 billion, $160 billion difference in their market caps. And that is not because Google has underperformed. Right. Google's right. done fairly well over the last year. Why don't,
3: yeah. why don't can we talk about what, what why why the market cap has lagged the, the record? Right, I mean, it's a simple calculation, but it's worth pointing out. I think right. It's oh, just, yeah, it's just the stock price multiplied by the shares outstanding. But Apple has been buying back so many shares of its stock that it's sort of pulled those out of out of circulation. So that's that, that's the reason why the market cap record had lagged the stock price record. I'm also going to say this one thing to kick it back off, which is that this week. I finally ponied up for additional iCloud storage for my phone. For um, months, for months, I've been deleting apps, putting it off, putting it off. But that, like, totally speaks to Apple's model, right? The hardware is integrated with um, services; it's all it's all very integrated, and so there's this this tremendous growth there, and that's you know a big reason why they're getting so big so fast.
1: Dan, Apple's up,
3: I think, over thirty percent
1: this year. This year, right? W- what's driving that performance?
2: Well, you don't like to be too simplistic, right. you know, because these are these are like millions of, you know, investors' decisions being reflected here. But, you know, in, in a way, Apple is kind of a simple company. It's the iPhone company. It's it's where it gets most of its mm-hmm. revenue, most of its profit. And if you if you were look at the market cap chart over ten years, so it was ten years ago that the first iPhone hit the market, um, Apple was less than a hundred billion at that point in market mm-hmm. cap. Um, and actually, earlier in the year, it was way less. The stock had actually gone up in the six months between when it showed off the first iPhone and actually put it on the market. So in that time that it's added another $700 billion, I think you could argue that the bulk of that has come from the success of the iPhone that has just sold spectacularly. I mean, they've added iPad and other things to it, but you know, it's really that one business. And I think what's been driving the cap up um, over the last, you know, like 12 months, whatever the run it's had lately is on the hopes that this upcoming phone that's going to be this 10 year anniversary phone is going to ignite this kind of new uh, what some are calling a super cycle in sales.
0: What What is a super cycle in sales? What does that mean? <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> it's that is a very relative term because, uh, you know, iPhone for years was actually a pretty reliable double-digit grower mm-hmm. um but as we saw it that's kind of slowed over the last couple of years and then in, in the last fiscal year it actually declined sales declined year over year as the first time that happened in its history so but because they're and that was in part because you know it's actually a pretty saturated market right now and you know apple's last few devices haven't changed a bunch from from their previous models we're kind of dealing right. we're now kind of in a year three of the current design arguably so the thought that this next one is going to add like some a more significant change in like the form factor and how it looks and some of the stuff it does is, is kind of what's driving the hopes but it's it's still such a huge business that you know the word super cycle in this case i think the estimates right now are something like a five percent um, growth in unit sales for the year that would be that would be um featured with this new phone. So we're, it's still, I mean, what's interesting is it's become such a huge business that kind of mid to high single digit growth is, is what's considered really good. <laughs>
0: You're right.
1: One, one of the, the sort of questions and I'll get back to, you know, we've sort of seen, as I said, a 30% run up, um, over the last year, 60%. You guys at the herd always, you guys pay close attention to valuations. How do you think, investors are getting ahead of themselves in terms of where the stock price is right now?
2: Well, you know, it's possible. I mean, relatively speaking, you know, relative to its recent history, Apple's valuation is kind of high, but relative to a lot of other tech companies, it's not, especially if you X out that huge base of cash they have, like 150 billion in net cash, net of debt. um, it's, It's actually a pretty low valuation. But you know, the stock really does has moved over the last few years, pretty much on the iPhone cycle. So, um, I, th- I think what we're seeing is kind of to be expected. Um, I think there's there's two different types of risks. I think here, one is that there might be kind of a push and pull out because we're hearing rumors that um, the phone, the launch of the phone, or the the hot new design of the phone might be delayed a little bit because they're still trying to get some of the technology to work. That's kind of been a rumor for the last few weeks. So, if that It could push sales like uh, into, you know, a few months later or something, possibly. Um, Another risk is that, you know, what's what's rumored about this new device coming up. uh, Samsung just launched a new phone, too, that actually has a lot of these things that that this next iPhone is expected to bring, like a curved OLED screen and Mm -hmm. and some of these other bells and whistles. So um, it'll be interesting to see, like once this new iPhone comes out and comes out at probably a higher price. Um, will Apple actually deliver the kind of growth that people want to see from this, or are they have they become a little bit more vulnerable to competition?
1: One, I want to get back to the cash question because you wrote a, a, a good herd on that uh, not too long ago. Um, first, uh, two hundred and fifty billion—that's um, a lot of money. But why is it and not cash qu- reserves. Yeah, why yeah. is it quite not uh, not quite that big?
2: Well, because they've run up nearly a hundred billion in debt just in four years' time, um, that you know that's one thing. You know, so you have to go net of that debt and look at kind of what what the actual buying power of that cash is. You know, the debt pretty much finances finances the dividend and the buybacks. So. That leaves you know like in the neighborhood of 150 billion net of debt, which is still a lot. It's actually bigger yeah, than the total right. cash reserve of, of I think Microsoft and some of the other very rich companies. So, for people that kind of like to play the MA game with Apple, like gosh, who could they buy with this huge whore? They There's still a lot they could do with it. Um, but the, I mean, they, you know, the company store just doesn't do almost. those kinds of deals. Yeah um and and the fantasy deals that people often toss around just uh, often don't make a lot of sense strategically i think
0: yeah
1: what what how much of that cash is right now stuck overseas uh
2: something like eighty i believe eighty seven eighty eight percent I believe okay someone in that neighborhood
1: so they apple could be a big beneficiary if the tax reform ever sort of gets through Washington, uh, you know, D.C., and they do have some kind of tax holiday that lets you repatriate at either a much lower rate or, you know, no tax at all?
2: I mean, absolutely. I mean, that would be a lot to bring bring back and what they would do with it. Who knows? I mean, would they do a massive buyback and retire share counts? And what would that do to the stock? Or would they actually – consider you know like a a bigger deal than they've ever done or a lot of bigger deals it's 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 interesting to think about um it's it's kind of one of those things that right now betting on actual progress in washington seems like a sucker's (laughs) bet but you never (laughs) know when that's gonna actually come through yeah sure um, I, will,
1: I would make one point too, on the M and A game of Apple and speculating about what they could use that 100 or you know 50 billion that they could bring home. The the biggest deal and correct me if I'm wrong, Dan. It was about a three billion dollar deal, and was that for um, the the Beats? That was Beats.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. All right. Let's take and a that, break. And that was uh, you know that was kind of a you know I th- I think people thought why are they spending so much money on a company that sells these kind of overpriced headphones or whatever and um, it, seem, it, it, it seems they were buying more kind of both the talent and this nascent music service that essentially became Apple Music. Yeah. And Apple yeah. Music is actually kind of picking um, – I think they're now their second to Spotify and, and paid subscriptions, So it's doing well from that standpoint. Um, yeah, it, it was – you, know, you could question whether that was a good price to pay for what they got. Um, but because they have so, so much, much. You know, yeah, resources, right. it was so one that you could say – Well, it really brings no operational risk and doesn't really dent the horde. So uh, let's see what they do with it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back with more uh, more with Dan Gallagher, Chris Dietrich on the other side, talking about Apple and the tech sector. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com. The Future of Everything podcast from The Wall Street Journal. Coming Friday, May 19th. What's the future of space and the law?
3: Companies like Elon Musk's SpaceX.
0: High-tech
2: guns. This is about choice in types of guns offered for sale. Brain implants. They didn't know how effective this was going to be. Urban farming. But what about
3: a building that's 30 stories tall?
2: And the mass production of meat.
3: Now these cells came from a duck.
0: The Future of Everything podcast from the Wall Street Journal. Coming Friday, May 19th. Welcome back to Moneybee. Paul and Steven here in the studio with Wall Street Journal's Chris Dietrich and Dan Gallagher talking about Apple, the tech sector. And if you like this podcast, we are on iTunes, uh, your Amazon Echo. What else are we on? We're on everything Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Echo, your Amazon Echo device. You're almost like naming off all the companies. <laughs> that we will be talking, talking about right right in hey, this part of the segment uh you know you know what's amazing is is I my my speaking of apple and products and everything my wife just got an iphone yeah. you know joined the join the 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 tribe and I said to her I said hey you know you, you can listen to the you can listen to our podcast now and she she said it's like, she's like how much of you do I have to listen to? Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you come home. Not listen. My wife loves me, folks. I'm not saying that she gets fed up with me, but she's joking. She's joking too, folks. You know she loves me. Uh, she'll be subscribing very soon. But she made that. She's like, how much of you do I have to? You know, hear. No, there's a
1: great tweet about what love was, and someone made the point. Was, right. You know, it truly is when someone actually will subscribe. Will subscribe your, to your podcast love, when your loved one actually subscribes to your right, podcast. Right. Right. Um. But getting back to yes, the tech stocks. It hasn't just been Apple either that's had this pretty amazing run. The five biggest companies in the S and P are now all tech. They've been that way for a while now since right. the summer. But they've like since they broke through, they've continued to climb. Um, You have Amazon and Facebook at 430, 440. You have Google at 650. You're talking about their market caps. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Microsoft over 500. Five and change. These giant behemoths, for the most part, have since, you know, sort of really since 2015, except for a couple of periods, have just marched higher. Investors in these sort of uncertain times when the markets keep plowing money in. And I wanted to bring you in, Chris. Why,
3: why is that happening? What are your thoughts, I guess, on that? Yeah, I mean, all of these big stocks are up, not just, you know, Apple's up more than 30%. So is Facebook. On average, it's something like 25%. So it, these are not just, you know, beating the market. They're just, they're just absolutely clobbering the S&P 500. I think we know, just by talking about where to find podcasts, they're all at the forefront of the technologies that are interwoven in our lives. Their earnings growth uh, is expected to be you know, way, way more than the S&P 500 this year. I also think um, we were grappling with this a little bit earlier in the week where what could derail this big tech run, and, it, and, it, and it's really this idea that, in my mind, that The U.S. economy elsewhere is pretty sluggish, right? So if you're mm-hmm. if you're trying to buy growth, of course you're going to go to the names that you know. Of course you're going to buy big tech. There's questions in DC over financials, materials, industrials companies. There's there's so much uncertainty there that if you got cash, why not buy Apple, right? So um, for me, it's 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 people kind of pumping money into what they know. They know that the profits are going to be there. They know the sales are going to be there, and that's the biggest reason that's likely to support. Um, all of these stocks for a while. And part of it's
1: also, you know, they got in so big and they build such franchises that they're sort of safe. They just generate so much money. Would you agree with that, Dan?
2: It's actually becoming harder to challenge them. Right. You know, I mean one of the stories in tech for for a long time, especially when you think about software in the internet, was the idea that you could have a big company that had an existing business, but you could have a small company that came up with this better idea. You know, a better website, a better Mm -hmm. piece of software that could theoretically swoop in and and disrupt a big company just by virtue of of the technology. But the the technological backbone that now powers these companies and the services they offer is really hard for smaller companies to compete with. I mean, just think about the fact that Facebook, not Facebook, I'm sorry, Microsoft, Google and Amazon, just those three together in the March quarter, spent more than $8 billion in capital expenditures. And most of that goes to the networks that they're building that that power their businesses. So if you're a company like Snapchat challenging Facebook for social networks, uh, even if you X out all the stock compensation, Snapchat's operating expenses still far exceed its revenues, which is a, basically saying right. it costs a lot of money to power a business to challenge – this much bigger business. Um, and that's, and that just kind of keeps driving these big companies and feeds their advantage.
0: Right. And, and you know, that's can end up being a risk in a stock market. Cause I mean, you're talking about a big chunk of the, the, the gains this year are from just these few stocks. And if you increasingly, you know, it, it's, it's just, you know, it's the old Yogi well, barrel line, right? Like uh, no one, it's what is it too crowded? No one goes there anymore. Cause everyone's at, like, if, if these are the only stocks that are driving the market, that could be a problem. That could reverse on you. Well, besides that,
1: I think there's actually a fundamental problem with what Dan is sort of talking about, which gets to, you have, if these smaller and smaller companies, I mean, these big tech companies, right, have so much cash on their balance sheets, they're also buying up these small companies that might challenge them at some point. You know, look at, you know, Facebook did this right before its IPO, but Instagram, for example. Um And what that's sort of created, you know, is there's a devoid of the small companies that, you know, are hitting the market through IPOs um, and investors aren't getting a hold of them. And, you know, I bring this up just because Amazon has its anniversary of its IPO on Monday. Mm -hmm. Amazon went, you know, public and it was worth a couple hundred million dollars. It's now worth 450. You compare that now to like how, how the IPO world is sort of Evolved. Facebook went public, but went public at a hundred billion, and then is now worth four hundred. Yeah. The, the you know sort of it's it just I mean I think it, there's a reason why you're not seeing these small companies you know going public. It's competing with these big companies, and also a lot of them just get bought up before they, you know, uh, decide to do an yeah. IPO.
0: And and Amazon's interesting is that of all these companies we're talking about, they are the least profitable. I mean, they're just they turn the smallest profit and they spend ridiculous amounts of not ridiculous. But I mean, and and Dan, you can talk to this because this kind of gets into the whole cloud business. Right. I mean, all these companies are spending money on building out, you know, sort of the next big thing. And Amazon is spending Amazon is, is eating the world proverbially, but they're spending a lot of money to do it. And the profits so far aren't you know, they're not Apple profits by a long shot.
2: They're not, but what they've what they've done in the last couple of years has come way beyond what they were. And yeah, we were talking right. earlier about how Amazon once, you know, you could argue whether it was even a tech company because it got all its business just selling stuff, retail. Right.
0: Right. We were talking about that and, off before we started taping, folks.
2: Yeah. So you could make a. So you could. What's funny is that if you think about Amazon, they really became profitable as they became more of a tech company. Right. Right. You know, right, as they've added right. these, these cloud services that. You know, yeah, do require a lot of spending, but um, are, dry, are deliver a much higher profit margin than right. anything they saw. Right. In Amazon
0: detail. Web Services is, is a huge business.
1: What's interesting is that they've now had eight straight quarters of profitability, and it's and and they've increased their spending, so it's almost like they're profitable <laughs> beside themselves. Yeah,
2: yeah, they like they uh, Amazon really likes to take you know every every so often they they say oh we're making a lot of money let's let's find yeah. new ways to to push it out and spend it. I mean and that's kind of honestly that's not a new thing for them. No, uh, I think right. Amazon investors have become well accustomed to that by this point. No, I mean I think I'm,
1: I think Amazon investors generally are waiting for this sort of hockey stick all of a sudden Amazon, you know, flips a lever and there's a hockey stick sort of rise in profitability.
2: Yeah, and I think if you if you chart their operating income over like the last 10-15 years, you actually are starting to see that. Yeah. Um, of course, the question is: Is that going to continue, or are they going to decide on some really big new idea that they want to push out um, that that might bring that back down again? I mean, right now the valuation is such that I think investors are expecting that to go more hockey stick. Well, and, um, and that's that's always a little bit risky with Amazon, just given their history.
0: You know, and I think this gets into gets back to the whole point about like that everyone's crowding into these trades. I, I don't think Amazon investors really care as long as the stock keeps going up. I mean, they don't care if Amazon turns a profit of seventy two million or one hundred and seventy two or five hundred and seventy two as long as the stock goes up, these investors seem pretty happy. and the stock has gone up. All these stocks have gone up, and investors have been pretty happy so yeah,
2: and and I think what drives the stock up is is the sales growth right now. I mean yeah. Amazon's a huge business It's still right. delivering like growing at double digit rates. And I think when you start if you start to see that slow, that's when the value proposition changes for for amazon and for its investors
1: so i want i wanted to bring chris in because you know one of what's the one of the big risks i think you've you've written about this is the idea that if the economy picks up this could actually be a risk to some of these tech stocks
3: i mean potentially if you think about it from and you saw this after the election in november briefly only for a couple weeks but it is kind of an interesting little case study where when the broader economy picks up. You'll see things like that, you know so-called value stocks, things in um, materials, industrials, things that have been kind of beaten up and lagging the market for a long period of time suddenly jump higher. And in order to make room, maybe if you're going to buy this, you might you might t- take a little bit of profit in thing like things like Apple, things like Amazon. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if if. Uh, if the economy improves for one thing, and if if somehow that's that's sort of the bet noir for for tech stocks, at least from a high level, um, we only saw it for a couple of weeks, and it's doesn't seem like much of a threat right now. No,
0: yeah, like they're they're you know the great safe haven, the great the great hope, and you know if they're not needed, what happens after that? You know, all right, uh, we have to wrap, we have to get out of here, make room for one of our other podcasters, Dan Gallagher. Thank you very much, appreciate it as always. Pleasure. Talk to you soon, and everyone. Oh, Sorry, no, no, Stephen Grossman. I was just going to say thank you to Dan as well. He knows you appreciate it. No thank you for you, Paul. I know. I know. It's, it's okay. Everyone, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Follow the Wall Street Journal on your favorite podcast app. Search WSJ on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and any Amazon Alexa device. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously.